Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at home. Jesus said to him, no one who looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, o Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. On November 8th, 1942, Allied forces under the command of General Dwight D. Eisenhower launched a, an ambitious and dangerous assault on German divisions uh, in North Africa. The assault was given the code name Operation Torch. Well, one day after the assault was launched, a young journalist for the London Times had an opportunity to interview Sir Winston Churchill, who at the time was the Prime Minister of, of Great Britain. And the journalist was really interested in learning what Churchill thought was the impact of the invasion on the overall effort to defeat Adolf Hitler and uh, Nazi Germany. Well, uh, Churchill pondered the young journalist's question for a few moments, and then I think as only Winston Churchill could, he said, well, this certainly is not the end. It's not even the beginning of the end, but it is the end of the beginning. It's not the end. It's not the beginning of the end, but it is the end of the beginning. And when the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. The events uh, recorded in today's gospel um, the, for the third Sunday after Pentecost describe the end of the beginning, but also the beginning of the end of Jesus' ministry. Jesus and his disciples are now poised and ready to launch the final leg of the final journey a journey that would end ultimately in the holy city of Jerusalem. And the evangelist Luke tells us in today's gospel that Jesus was resolutely determined. His heart was set. He had made up his mind to begin the final leg of his final journey by visiting a Samaritan village. Now, I don't know about you, but I find this very interesting and somewhat surprising. So there's one important fact of 
biblical history that we need to know and understand if we're going to really appreciate the decision that Jesus made at this critical moment in his ministry uh, to visit a Samaritan village. We need to know that back in the first century, when Jesus and his disciples walked the dusty roads of Palestine, that Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. In fact, they hated Samaritans. They despised them. They believed that Samaritans were unclean, uh, that they were religious outcasts. And because they were unclean and religious outcasts, they stood beyond the reach of God's care and God's concern and God's saving embrace. Now, the bitterness that poisoned the relationship between Jews and Samaritans back in the first century has a long and complicated explanation, which we're not going to get into this morning. Uh, but suffice it to say that the bitterness between Jews and Samaritans that poisoned that relationship back in the first century is not unlike the bitterness that poisons and has since 1948 the relationship between Jews and Palestinians of our own day. So, Here's the question that's been kind of rattling around in my brain this week as I've been thinking about my homily this morning. Why would Jesus do this? Why would he decide to begin the final leg of his final journey by visiting, of all places, a Samaritan village? I mean, he must have known that his presence and the presence of his disciples would have created conflict. Uh, it would have resulted probably, most probably in rejection, and all kinds of religious unpleasantness. So why would he do that? Well, I think there are at least two plausible explanations for this decision, the decision to begin the final leg of his final journey visiting a Samaritan village. The first and most obvious explanation is geographical in nature. Uh, Jesus and his disciples had just concluded phase one of his ministry, which took place in Galilee which was in the northern part of Israel. Jesus, as our gospel said, set his face to go to Jerusalem, to the holy city, which was in the south. And between Galilee in the north and Jerusalem in the south is, you guessed it, Samaria. Uh, but many Jews traveling from Galilee to Jerusalem would go miles out of their way to avoid setting foot in Samaria. But not Jesus. He would not be distracted. He would not be deterred. He would not be sidetracked in his commitment to go to Jerusalem to fulfill his destiny, to fulfill his purpose. So geographically, the most logical place to begin a journey from Galilee to Jerusalem was in Samaria, and that's exactly what Jesus did. But there is, I believe, also another explanation, less pragmatic and more profoundly theological, for Jesus' decision to begin the final leg of his final journey in a Samaritan village. And that was that he wanted to challenge the conventional religious wisdom of the day, which taught that some people, like Samaritans, because of their religious orientation, stood beyond the reach of God's care, of God's concern, of God's saving embrace. Jesus began the final leg of his final journey by visiting a Samaritan village to challenge the conventional religious wisdom that taught that some people, like Samaritans, were unclean and that they should be shunned and scrupulously avoided. 
Jesus' decision to begin the final leg of his final journey by visiting a Samaritan village was intended to challenge the conventional religious wisdom that taught that proper religious performance was what was pleasing to a holy God. My friends, I'm convinced that Jesus began the final leg of his final journey of his remarkable life in a Samaritan village, not just because it was geographically convenient to do it. He did it to demonstrate in a powerful way that the love and the mercy and the grace and the compassion of God knows no boundaries, no limitations. It is inclusive. It, it is not exclusive. It includes and embraces, it moves decisively in the direction of all of God's children, not just the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But I think Jesus' decision to begin the final leg of his final journey by visiting a Samaritan village is also a powerful reminder to us of the movement of God's grace in our direction, a reminder of powerful reminder of the good news that while we were yet sinners, enemies of God, in open rebellion against God and against the gospel of grace, that Christ set his face to Jerusalem. He would not be dissuaded. He would not be discouraged. He would not be sidetracked in his devotion and commitment to fulfill his destiny is destined to be your Savior and my Savior and the Savior of the whole world. Friends, as our Eucharistic celebration continues on this beautiful Sunday morning, as we prepare to once again approach the table of grace, to enter into and experience the profound mystery of the risen Christ in, with, and under the bread and the wine of the Holy Eucharist, let us remember that it is here at the table of grace that we experience most personally and most intimately the generosity and the hospitality of Christ moving in our direction. It is here at the table of grace that we experience, we see and we taste and we touch the fierce, relentless, unlimited, unconditional love of God available to everyone. Everyone is included. No one is excluded. And it's here at the table of grace that that goodness and love and mercy is offered to us once again this morning at the table of grace. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, you are loved.